Hello, welcome to Sorensen Sound. I'm Karina, and this is Tizina. And Tizina, what would you like to talk about today? Do you have Look, <laughs> I've been trying to think about a topic that I can like speak about and like actually formulate thoughts that would be interesting. I don't have that many. Okay, <laughs> um, but there was this. Okay, actually, there's like a couple smaller topics that I was like interested to hear your opinion on. If that's acceptable. I'm ready for all of them. I'm okay. ready. For any, this is a very formless thing. Sometimes it's one topic. Sometimes it's any little thought. Okay, so take it just some reins. Flows, just like regular conversation, I guess. Yeah, and if okay. there's anything that you you want to get off your chest as well, if there's anything you oh, okay, about, you're also. This is, this is, that's warranted. As it's all. a safe space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. This is a question that somebody asked me recently and I thought it was interesting. They were talking about people using AI for like writing. Yeah. And if you feed AI your thoughts and it writes like a paper or an essay or an article, does that count as something you wrote? Um, no. I agree. I kind of expected that from you also, especially because I think you write. Yeah, I do. But it's also like, to me, I always forget the name of the ship. But you know that like philosophical thing where it's like if the ship starts off mm. as great, you replace the parts and like however many years later, it's all the parts are different. Is it the same ship? To me, this like... I feel like that tends to what this kind of situation tends to be what people are like getting at, but to like it's not even yeah you you aren't even the one replacing the parts I guess at that point is what I'm trying to say it's yeah just like that's actually that's a good um that's yeah. like a good connection I've yeah. never I never really thought about it that way I guess for me I would I said no because I was like to me writing like so much of writing is putting things in your own voice and like adding your own style and your own feelings into like the subtext of things. And I feel like if you are missing that, then there's nothing that connects it to you, regardless of how, how much you like fed someone ideas. Yeah, no, I really agree with that, especially because to me, it's kind of like, the other implication if someone was to disagree with like your point in particular the implication becomes like we're still capable of having like unique thoughts and like yeah. to be honest like the content like we're not thinking of like m- much like that's so true there's not much right. novelty and the only thing that we can lend is like our style or our, our voice and it's not to say that like ai will have a style but it's not ours, so we aren't contributing anything because the thoughts have been thought before. But yeah, that's a really that's a, like I feel like you're stating things in a very like eloquent way. You're like <laughs> getting to the points that because I was trying to say that like even if you tell it what argument to make and it makes that argument, it's like not your argument. Yeah, exactly. And that's like a good way of explaining that because it's like, yeah, the sources that you're citing are not like you. Yeah. And yeah, that's interesting. 
And one of, so on this podcast, I don't really use names unless I've done an, an episode with them. So I had an episode with my friend Divya and we talked about the Writers Guild strike, which is just like, if you don't know, the people mm-hmm. the TV shows going on strike because of like the rise of AI and like part of the deal. Um, is Wait, that your thing? voice is like cutting out. I'm going to take my headphones. Oh. Sorry. You're good. Okay, um, go ahead. Is it okay? Okay. Um, yeah. But basically they just want to be like, don't use AI to write TV show mm-hmm. episodes. And she told me about this, like, sign at one of the like protests that was um ai doesn't have my childhood trauma which i thought was like kind of like it's funny but then it's also like kind of like it it's yeah like that 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 does change your style of writing but specifically we had a whole conversation about how that related to like a creative realm but i like talking about this a lot too with just like writing in even in any form yeah so what's is that a thing? Are huh? are are like TV services trying to use AI to write shows? It seems like it, especially now that um, the strike is happening. I I'm not the most educated on this, mm-hmm. it's just based on the conversation that Divya and I had. Um, but it seems like that's especially with the strike, where like anyone that's a part of the guild isn't allowed to write, and even if you aren't, like it'd be considered considered like i don't remember the exact word so it's the s <laughs> i think like scabbing um oh, it'd be okay. uh-huh. like scabbing from the people who can't work right now so i think they're going to be trying okay. to use ai to like write shows while people are the writers are striking wow um that's yeah <laughs> That's insane. Like, we're going to be paying for services that are using (laughs) AI to write TV shows. And it's not... I can't imagine it being good. Yeah. I... I, Wow. Not that much... Not that all TV at present is good, to be fair. Some of it... Some of it, I personally would not notice a difference. But... Yeah. But that's okay. Like, it, honestly, if they had been using AI to write, um, what's that show? Um, Riverdale, I would believe you. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> like, at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have been. Who knows? They were Maybe ahead of Riverdale the game. Riverdale has been ahead of the game this entire time. I do think that show is, like, if I finally not, like, finally ending just because I couldn't believe it. I don't know who's I don't know who watches it, I'll be honest. Like why has it been going this long? Yeah. I know that the actors have made their peace with their contracts, but <laughs> at what cost? Yeah. So what is the next query? query? Well, I guess on that note, have you watched any like good shows recently? I recently asked for recommendations and I got a couple most of the recommendations I got were K-dramas or, like, Korean shows. Yeah. And I haven't watched any of them yet. But I've been meaning to. I just haven't really gotten around to it. Well, a show that I talk about on the podcast that I watched recently is called Summer Strike, which is a K-drama. I'm not finishing it because I got to episode, like, 11. Um, and it suddenly got, like, it was already, like, dark, but they were dealing with it well. And now I kind of feel like it got unnecessarily mm. so. And I'm, like, I'm just kind of out. Um, Because it's supposed to be, like, kind of cute small town vibes in a way. 
And okay. Then, bam, is it I'm like, like I'm good. is it like a crime thing or just like a drama? It is just a drama, but at this point, it becomes like crime. Oh, okay. And that's why I was like, but this is a weird turn to take yeah. kind of out. Genre switch. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've been watching, I think I watch more movies than TV this year in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, just because at least at the start, like the first couple of months, I was traveling a lot. So it was easier to like sit down and watch a movie than like keep up with the show kind of. Mm-hmm. So not much by way of shows. But I know, I'm, I think I recommend <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of K dramas too. I think in general it's just easy to recommend like any fun drama because like yeah. if you don't know what someone really likes because most of the time they're just like goofy. Yeah. I have been enjoying more lighthearted things recently. Um I started watching Fleabag recently. I love Fleab season two. Okay, so season one revolutionary when you watch it, but then you get to season two and you never think about season one again. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on like episode four of season two. I can't believe how short it is because I feel like they, like she did a really good job of writing the character. So you feel like you really like, yeah, you like have this connection to the characters, even though you've only seen them like twice. Yeah, I love Fleabag. I watched it for the first time like years ago. Like I think like Mm -hmm. pretty soon after season two came out, um, and I, I think about it all the time. I recommend it to, like, everyone. I recommend that and normal people to, like, everybody. The book mm-hmm. specifically, but I do love the show as well. Yeah, I was seeing normal people as, like, a similar genre. I I didn't... Okay, so I watched Fleabags. Fleabags. I watched Fleabag because I got it recommended to me, but also because I, like, kept seeing memes about it. Yeah. And I thought they were funny. But then I watched them and I was like, it's kind of heavier than I expected I think I like cried a little in season two or in episode two yeah. of like the first season and I was like oh okay maybe it's not as like silly goofy funny as I was expecting yeah but that's worth it yeah it is worth <laughs> it so good she's yeah. so um my one of my favorite fun facts so one of my favorite movies um which i've talked about on the podcast a few times it's called the banshees of inishirin it came out last year i don't know if mm-hmm. you saw it i haven't but, seen it but i've seen clips of it um the guy who i think he both wrote and directed um the movie he's dating uh phoebe waller bridge who wrote fleabag and wow. started fleabag and they like run their scripts by each other and everything That's so cute power couple I, no, literally, because, like, how did they both just write the most impactful pieces of media to me? <laughs> for me? I'm like, they did it for me. They did it for you. They're they in parent status as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad that you like... So you like yeah. Fleabag, even though... Yes, yes, I do like it. I think I... I always say I'm looking for something lighthearted, but when things are, like, too lighthearted i get disinterested quickly yeah because there's like no stakes like no nothing to ground you yeah and i also like i like the way um i like i think i like seeing how like different creative people deal with topics like grief and like similar like kind of hard to talk about topics in my opinion hard to talk about topics yeah. Um, 
Like I read this book recently called As Long as the Lemon Trees Grow, and it's about the it's like a YA novel basically, but it's about the Syrian war. And it's like in the context of this girl who's working in a hospital there um during the war and then like spoiler her leaving. <laughs> um but one of the things that well do you think you'll read it? I I might okay. <laughs> I have I have too many books. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> um so one of the things that she does in the book is like the main character has kind of this like hallucination as like this physical embodiment of her anxiety and fears. Um, And it's really interesting because I feel like by the end of it, like by the end of it, she doesn't have that hallucination anymore. But when she's like transitioning um, to like a new place and the hallucination is telling her that it's like his last time he'll be there. It's almost like this. I don't, it's like, it, it was just a very interesting um, way to read about it because at first it's like, Oh, he's like tormenting her and blah, blah, blah. Um, And then by the end when he's leaving, it's like, okay. Like a lot of the things he was doing, was like out of concern and now he's gotten her to this point where she's like doing what she needs to do to save her life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but I felt like it was an interesting way to read about like anxiety as somebody who has dealt with anxiety. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like that's, I mean, I feel like that's something that people, a lot of people who have different conditions um, like, feel when they start to get better it's like am I um am I really getting better or like was that like helping me in this way or like it's just like kind of what you're used to and it feels weird to not have that yeah in the back of your head anymore and I don't know I don't know I don't think I'm doing a good job of explaining it but it was just an interesting thing to read about and I liked the way she wrote about it yeah. And it was cool. I have two kind of thoughts about that. I think in general, like a YA approach, I, I don't I think a lot of people write YA off like way too easily because it's really interesting, especially from like a more adult brain, like very genuinely to see it. like I like if I read a YA novel now, I can simultaneously like understand how I would have interpreted it if I was even like a few years younger. And then yeah. I can also simultaneously like see what um, kind of like methods the author is using to get a point across to like a different stage of like thinking that can still help you now just by like understand like a process is shown in there in its mm-hmm. own way that I think is cool from like an older perspective. And second, like I, I've also dealt with anxiety like my whole life. But I've never, like, I've never had that thought before. Like, I've never considered, um, I, I guess, because, like, even though I've always had anxiety and, like, been diagnosed with, like, severe generalized anxiety disorder, it's never been something I identified with. And to me, that's kind of what it, like, sounds like 
from your perspective maybe is like you identify with it so then it's like oh it's weird that it's not here because maybe like because to me even though it's a part of my life it was it was like an afterthought in a lot of ways to Mm -hmm. me I guess or has been because I've still very anxious but not I don't think about it much (laughs) I have I have my tools that's good (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think it wasn't it's not so much that I like identified with like the label of like generalizing anxiety disorder yeah yeah well I, um, yeah, I didn't mean that far no 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 I know but I I think like I've noticed changes in myself where like things that I would be like super um things that would like throw me off in in a way that like would kind of mess up my whole day or like something like that um those kinds of things there are certain things now that like I don't I'll, I'll do them without thinking about it, which is like yeah. very different. And when I realize that I'm doing it without thinking about it, it like sometimes takes me aback. I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't, like, for example, one of the things for me, I like get very nervous about like cleanliness with certain things. Yeah. So I still do this, but like, I will wipe my phone down every time I come, come home. It's yeah. just like something that makes me feel more comfortable with it. And yeah. I feel like I can't put my phone in like certain places like my bed unless it's wiped down and so there are times now that I will just like throw my phone on my bed without wiping it down and then when I do that I'm like it like a second later I'm like oh my god like I didn't do that yeah what now like the world didn't fall apart (laughs) um but yeah so I think in like those cases sometimes it's like oh no like I should I keep doing it like even though it doesn't make me anxious anymore like is that just still something that's that I was better off with Um, I don't know that kind of like realization (laughs) makes a lot more sense to me like I I have similar things and I guess again like two parts uh this happens with like everything I ever hear my brain goes in two directions Mm -hmm. um but I guess the first one would be were they like active steps that you took or is that do you think do you, like on some level do you think that's maybe just like a part of like getting older because personally I do feel like sometimes the prefrontal cortex developing just like makes like it doesn't make everything better but it makes like a lot of things easier and then um second just like my kind of perspective or like relationship with those kinds of similar events is to me I kind of like with anxiety, there's a lot of, like, weird things that you'll have to do to, like, it's, like, oh, like, personally, I'm a full adult. I look under my bed a lot <laughs> before I go to sleep, and I, like, look in my closet and things like that. Um, Because, like, even though I know nothing's there, it makes me, like, feel, like, on days where I'm anxious, I'm, like, mm-hmm. this is what I can control kind of thing, I guess, and that'll take different forms. So maybe for you, it's, like, if you're having an anxious day, then like that's when you're like I can control this thing and that'll just take mm-hmm. its form in one person yeah. or there's like own action and I think personally I like I've never considered like oh I'm better off checking under my bed yours makes a little more sense because like you know yeah <laughs> mine's just like <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> um and but I I think to me it's like I don't I relate it to boundaries in a weird way where it's like 
sometimes you have to have boundaries with someone at a point in time, even with yourself, where you're like, I'm staying, I can't stay up past this time because I know that it just like doesn't, it goes poorly or something. Mm-hmm. So I have this boundary. And then eventually you're like, oh, I don't even have to think about this anymore. And to me, I kind of equate it to like, if you don't have to think about it, then you can turn your attention towards other things. And that's how I've always viewed it is like, instead of worrying personally about whether I should keep thinking about it, I just think it's like, okay, is there anything else that I like want to work on for myself, if that makes sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, that and then like the first question very, like remember. <laughs> like a very healthy way of approaching things. That's a nice way of thinking about it, actually. And I think you're right that a lot of it stems from like things that I feel like I can control. Um, yeah. I think it it's just like a force of habit that it it just yeah. like throws me off when I don't do some of those things. That is something that I like I heard someone like speculating on that was it was just like a random person. I deleted TikTok since then. I deleted it <laughs> a lot. Um, but I had it at one point and this girl was like I she was like saying she was like I genuinely wonder if I have anxiety out of habit at this point. Like mm-hmm. is it just like I've I'm so used to like being anxious that I just keep doing it because it's comfortable almost. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was kind of like, and I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think that's part of why I was wondering if there was anything that you did to like feel better or that's like gotten you to this point where you can forget, or if it was just like kind of something that happened for you. Well, I was in therapy. <laughs> um, like, me too. I mean, like my whole life. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was only, I started therapy kind of late, um, but, and then I stopped it because I felt like it wasn't the therapist I was with, at least I felt like we were kind of at a standstill and like, I just didn't feel myself making a lot of progress, but I think it was helpful for me in like recognizing some of my own patterns and some of the things that I wrote off as habits, like recognizing that, like, if I can't not do some of those things, like that's probably not, probably not like healthy all the time. (laughs) Um, So I think just like, yeah, recognizing that trying to like be better about just being more aware of what I'm doing and like how I'm feeling. (laughs) Um, uh, And I tried journaling for a while. Um, I tried journaling like right after I was done with therapy. That kind of helped too. Um, I didn't, I never like kept, I never like wrote them all in one place because I didn't like having them, but I just like yeah. writing them. Um, so I would do it on my phone and then just delete it later. But I, it was just helpful for me because I think like once I started um, like explaining my thoughts to myself I realized honestly like a lot of what you said which is just that a lot of those things just come down to me feeling out of control in a lot of situations and so when I feel myself getting like that I know what I know what it is kind of I have like I can be like yes this is the problem (laughs) instead of just feeling what is the problem why do I feel this way um I think that's just helped me a lot yeah I'm glad. And I think it is like I stopped going to therapy. I did like on and off 
throughout my life mm-hmm. because at like especially because I, I started at like five and I stopped when I was like 18 but at any age like certain only certain tools will be useful to like a yeah. child you know um but I do think to me like my kind of approach was therapy gave me my tools and I'm like therapy gave you some tools and for me like journaling and you're like journaling in your phone that's a way to like practice using those tools but at some yeah. point it can become pretty automated like that recognition right. yeah. so it's like you recognize that you're feeling it you can name it and then you have tools to like unpack you know mm-hmm. yeah so, I agree I think yeah. um it's interesting because I feel like at least like online you see a lot of like therapy is for everyone all the time and everyone should be in therapy <laughs> and, like discuss their problems and it's just helpful at any point I disagree I mean I think yeah. it probably depends on like what kind of therapist you're going to and like what you know how they approach things um but I feel like the point of therapy is like to be able to live life on your own in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, and it's like you said, it's, it's like giving you a toolbox kind of. Yeah. And then if it's not working anymore, you can go back. But. Yeah. And I weirdly feel like um, in a lot of like the therapies for everyone, I feel like, I mean, I do agree on some level, like anyone could benefit from some mm-hmm. therapy and like, you don't have to, go all the time but I do feel like (laughs) weirdly enough I think some people that like don't suffer from anxiety or anything that you would typically like assign therapy to well also I technically specifically saw a psychiatrist um Mm -hmm. because and that's just psychiatry works better for me than like therapy Mm -hmm. um but I was never medicated I just like the approaches they have Mm -hmm. but um I don't, I, my cab, my side notes, come <laughs> I always have to go back. Um, but people that just like neurotypical, mm-hmm. I feel like because they don't have, like, there's no reason for them to question their behaviors. That doesn't mean that they don't have unhealthy behaviors. It just mm-hmm. means that it's not because of the brain in a way. So I think that sometimes it's like even better, not better, but it's like, like unexpectedly beneficial mm-hmm. for a lot of people where you're like because they don't ever have to question the way they think because they never have to realize that they're like anxious they're this or that that it's like oh this is a crazy thing I do and I had no idea <laughs> so I think that That's could true. be part of like the anyone could benefit like mm-hmm. just surprisingly beneficial to anyone yeah that's true I didn't really think about that yeah that's a fun time it's <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy up there actually like I don't because I just did psych I went to a psychiatrist pretty much the same one my whole life I don't really know what like normal therapy is like honestly um and I do kind of like I think that in like media the presentation difference of like, like therapy like umbrella term memes is like psychiatry is like I think it fits me well because it's like systems oriented in a way Mm -hmm. I'm like I like the brain systems and just easier for me to like have that distance I think it's kind of like a distance from your feelings in a way thing yeah which is easier for me personally Mm. I 
I don't, I mean, my therapist, I think, was not a psychiatrist, but, well, I said both, <laughs> but um, her approach was still very, like, from a medical perspective. Like, I like I, obviously, yeah. therapy, like, not like that, but, um, like, she worked in a hospital, so she worked with I, I feel like her approach was similar to me in my experience as the psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like therapy is kind of portrayed more as like, I, I went into it kind of expecting what the media portrayal was, which is kind yeah. of a little bit more handholdy, I think, yeah. kind um, than I got. Mm-hmm. But I think it was helpful for me because I, like my therapist was very straightforward. I like that personally. Yeah. Yeah. At first it, I think it threw me off at first. It like made me uncomfortable because I was having to like admit a lot of things that I didn't like yeah. about the way that I reacted to things or the way that I acted. And, but I think that was ultimately the most helpful for me. Yeah. Um, just getting, I don't think I would have gotten to that point. If, like as, as, fast as I did if I didn't have to like (laughs) kind of have a harder time in the beginning yeah no I definitely get that and I think that part of the reason that I enjoy that and part of the way that I think that's just kind of how I am as well when I talk about how like if my friends ever want to talk about how things are Mm -hmm. then I think I present something quite similar because to me as much as it can be like like you said like difficult to admit things once you admit them there's no judgment if it's straightforward it's just like how do you feel about this and if you admit it to yourself then it's like okay that's how you feel yeah what do we do from there so it's just like right. a matter of fact kind of destigmatizes a lot of your own emotions for yourself to me I agree and I think everything just feels a lot less scary like yeah. it's a lot less scary to just say the things that you're actually scared about <laughs> yeah and also with your like do you think Having someone with their own, like, I mean, there's always a medical background, but like you said, working in a hospital, do you think you found that, like, relatable in some sense with, like, your studies? Or do you feel like that was unconnected? Or do you think that, do you think studying medicine in any capacity has, like, helped you, maybe? I I think, so at the time, when I was in therapy, I really wasn't sure about doing medicine. Mm-hmm. Um and so I don't think I ever really thought about it through that lens. And I don't think it like really helped connect me to my therapist in any way. <laughs> um, but working with patients now, it's, I think like, this is kind of not related to That's this okay. topic, but we, working we with patients that. now, I think, one of the things that is like scary to me about entering the medical field is um, getting like desensitized to like patients' yeah. emotions a little bit. I feel like everybody goes into medicine being like, I want to treat my patients like the best way and like make them feel comfortable and all of this. Um, and I still see a lot of that in the like providers that I work with but I also there are 
days where I feel like I'm in the patient room and I'm like, you're being really short with that patient or like, yeah, why are you treating them this way? And it's not so, so much that they're being like mean, but it's just like, they're just not really comforting the patient as much as I think I would want to be comforted as a patient. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to like, just kind of being desensitized. Like, it's like, okay, this patient is really upset, but it's about this problem that we see all the time and it's like really not, you know, life or death. And it's like, yeah, seen so much worse. Um, yeah. So I don't know how you like, I don't know. It's hard to say because I haven't done it, but like, obviously like that's, it's something that I, I think it has just been on my mind recently that like, especially, I mean, a lot of our patients, obviously like, a lot of any patients just because a lot of people but also have their own like anxiety depression or whatever um issues and so it's just like how do you how do you give them the the right like time and attention yeah without also like feeding into it yeah but I think to me like my first thought is kind of there's that whole uh, like it's it's a recycled meme like over and over but it's always like some clip of someone like screaming and it's like the professor that's been studying this for 25 years when you ask a question because to someone that's practicing day in and day out and sees the same thing or like becomes desensitized they'll see certain things as like simple problems but it's like it's new information to this person so it's like but specifically in a medical field I kind of feel like Maybe it is because we were just talking about it, but in a weird way, I kind of feel like maybe having like a kind of like playing therapist a little of being Mm -hmm. like, just like, I think always coming, I don't think it's hard to always come from like a place of kindness to like gently explain something. Yeah. And then if it persists, then be like, I understand and I want to take the time for this, but there's other people too, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you can do what you can. And always do it gently. And like you said, like, you never have to be short with people. I, I literally think it takes more energy to be, like, curt. Right? That's than to, I like, think, too. I'm like... It's literally just your ego at that point. You're, like, you're trying... To me, it's like you're putting on a show. It's like, I know so much. Like, you're probably so <laughs> stupid to me. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But... Can I ask, also, just so you know, because my, my NYU email, or like, like Zoom doesn't let me record, so this is the normal one, so I'm going to have to restart it in a second. Just so okay, you know. yeah, no, that's fine. But, that's, that's with the, but I'll send another link. It'll just have to take like a minute to process. Okay. But um, in the time, in the few minutes until then, can I ask, like... Before <laughs> we cut to an, cut to an um, ad? <laughs> no. Um, but... So are you starting when you, cause you're doing the like undergrad to med school program, right? So what is that transition like? Like, what does it look like for you? I guess. So for most of the people in my program, well, not most, but like the expected thing for my program is like, you would do your four years of undergrad, graduate in the spring. And then that fall you would matriculate into medical school. Um, for me, I ended up graduating in December, kind of by chance. And then this semester, I've been working as a medical assistant. 
And then in the fall, I matriculate. Okay. And do you know, I know we've had this conversation before, but I don't know like what's changed, but do you have any idea what you want to specialize in, any direction you see yourself going, or is that something that's still like really dependent on the first few years? Yeah, I honestly, I have no idea what I want to do. I feel (laughs) like I'm so easily swayed. This is also something I was talking to someone about recently. It's like, I feel like I'm very easy to it's very easy to change the way I think about things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so whenever I'm Respect like shadowing a specialty, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Now that I've been working, I've been working in a dermatology clinic. Um, I so I, I like, I like my job and I like my clinic. Um, yeah. So it's been more on my mind, but it's also very competitive. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that I haven't explored. So I don't know. I'm biased towards dermatology. You said dermatology and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I'm you for skin consultations all the time. <laughs> nice say. Okay, I'm going to pause recording. Okay. We move. Hello. We, hey. have, a new, we have a new guest. <gasps> Hi. Look at her. She has her paw on my finger. She won't let me go. <laughs> That's so cute. She's just looking at me and purring. I like literally not even petting her. She just sits there and purrs. Are you in North Carolina? Yeah, I am. I go back to New York this weekend because I graduate next weekend. Um, So exciting. How was your trip? I haven't talked to you since we trip. I have a little, I haven't, I can send it to you. And I like wrapped it up. I didn't go all, all out like I wanted, but I made a little like newspaper about my travels if you want I can oh yes send it to me. I'll do it right now if you want to monologue for a minute about what are you how oh. you feeling about med school because you said because and I know I remember talking to you about this that there was a while you weren't sure and do you feel sure now how did you get to mm-hmm. this point you know yeah so I went into college like I was in the program but I was pretty sure I was going to drop out of the program and just do like do something else that would just require like a four-year degree probably um a lot of that I think was just because I was like really tired of school and like academics um and so I wanted I like I wanted to do biomedical engineering didn't really like it tried computer science I really liked computer science um but i I don't really know how I decided to be honest. I I feel like it was the equivalent of like doing a coin toss. Um but I just like talked to a lot of people who because I am easily swayed um convinced me that I think my biggest fear going into medicine was just that I wouldn't be able to do it. And then I would be like stuck and like 26 or 28 years old and like oh I can't do this like I can't I'm not able to keep up kind of that was like a big fear of mine is I guess it still is kind of um but I'm just more like aware now that like everybody else who's doing it is also just a human being who's like balancing other things in their life and doing their best. (laughs) And like, 
that's it. Like, and also like, no matter what you do, I don't think there's like a guarantee that you will have an easy time or like you will be super successful at what you're doing. Um, I think there's kind of that risk with everything and just having a little bit more experience and seeing that like in reality a little bit more, I think it's like made me a little bit more comfortable with my choice to do this. I will say going into med school things I'm like very nervous about still is just like work-life balance. I feel like that's my biggest concern. Um, just cause I feel like everybody who goes to med school or like knows someone in med school is like, yeah, that's like all you do. And then like in residency, that's like all you do. And then when you're like 30, then you can start like having regular conversations and like meeting people and hanging out again. Um, but I feel like that can't be true. You, I feel like there's no way, like you have to, some some I'm sure there's some truth to that, but yeah. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be because I just can't imagine that there are like that many people living like that. Yeah. I'm um, sure it's like I'm sure it's maybe how they feel, mm-hmm. you know? Like yeah. maybe it just like proportionally, I'm sure it's like a reality. Yeah. But like you said, like it could just be like that's the overwhelming feeling is like, oh, all I've done is work, you know? Yeah. It's like you probably still time or able to make some time yeah um but also- I feel like people think that sorry I feel like people think that way about like most things when they're like yeah like I feel like people think that about like college too or like when they're working so mm-hmm. it is what it is yeah that makes I think it's also just because it's like it's a lot of school with no mm-hmm. break in a lot of ways and so I think it's just like at some point, it's like I was in school since I was four <laughs> years old. When does it stop? Yeah. And so I'm sure that th- that kind of feeling does, and not to like lessen the reality that people feel, but I'm no, sure at some point it does like compound, you know, right. um, yeah. or like emotionally taxing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that I ended up getting like a semester off. Yeah. Um, I think like having a little bit of a break from, a break from just like the routine of school it kind of makes you realize that it's like it's kind of silly like it's a little silly I love school I like it but I love it I loved my classes but I didn't I think like I didn't like the routine of like always kind of having something to do as far as like homework projects studying like there was always kind of something on your plate and I was the kind of am the kind of person that like doesn't just let it go like it's always on my mind I can be having fun but it's always on my mind um which is something I've been working on but (laughs) thank you um but yeah so I think having a break was good for me in that way because it was like it's it's really not like end all be all it's yeah also not like something that needs to be so far in the forefront of every aspect of your life like it's important to make time for other things and have other things going on in your life too yeah I think it's part like 
I do just like love school in general, but I think it's especially because like at Gallatin, my the only homework I literally had a, like presentations sometimes, but I only had essays for homework. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really have tests. I literally just had like a couple of essays for every class each semester. And I love writing. So it would also be on my mind, but it was like, I there's no prereqs. So I yeah. genuinely only took classes I was deeply interested in. And so these are things I'd think about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like I, I think it is just like situ- it d- makes a lot of yeah. sense like, a break works for you and for me I'm like where do I put my joy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's actually very that's like really cool that you were able to do that was that because yeah. you like made your own major kind of yeah that's what Gallatin is okay. so it's just oh, okay. but there's no um yeah it's just you, everyone has their own concentration like to themselves yeah. kind of thing um, but there was something I was going to say a while ago and I forgot what it was, but it was something, oh no, <laughs> this is gone. <laughs> it was something, oh, I remember. So this is something that I also realized somewhat recently because of a TikTok, because the girl, she like, I got a lot of things. It was like, I talked to my therapist about this thing, you know? So mm-hmm. sometimes therapy by proxy in this day, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was like, I feel quite similar to you and that more than like easily, I I guess kind of easily swayed. Like I'm not swayed by other people's opinions, but it's like, if I see something that I I actually quite the opposite, I like, if someone tells me to do something, I won't, Um, which is its own thing. But (laughs) it's like, if I find something at all interesting, like in terms of like a field, I will just like, that that's more how I like switch it up I'm just too interested in a lot of fields I guess is what I'm saying mm-hmm. and with that it like also becomes inaction because it's just like oh I have so many interests so many hobbies um and at some point like you said you do kind of just like if you have such like entry-level desire for everything at some point it's kind of arbitrary and you can just like pick something and you'll probably be just as happy as something else like there's not any real if as people two people that aren't necessarily like driven by passion with something (laughs) yeah we're also not losing anything by choosing something if that makes sense yeah that's a very that's a very nice way of phrasing it because I feel like not being driven by passion is like for a long time I was like there's something wrong with me. Like there's something wrong with me that I've like gone through this much of my life and I don't have something that I'm like, yeah, I care about in that way. And I don't really have the hope. Like I don't have the expectation of finding that either. Yeah. There's a quote that I'm going to look up right now. That's like an, it's a famous Oscar Wilde quote um, about how he like a lot of people, a lot of people don't have passion. A lot of people are like us. Um, But he's like, it's kind of, it's, if you have a passion, then that's a curse. No, what is it? He has so many quotes. (laughs) This is horrible. Oh boy. I thought this would be easy. I thought, I'm usually good at this. I'm usually good at like figuring out what keywords will make a search engine Mm. a well-oiled machine. 
I'm not good at it. I always type in my exact question, like the way I would say it. Like I will type in like, oh, really? what is, <laughs> yeah, into Google. <laughs> I just look up like three words that make no sense and then I usually work. <laughs> Um, but I think the gist of the quote was something like, um, like having a passion just kind of means like you, you'll like suffer until it's done. Like you can't really, mm-hmm. like how you said, like schoolwork is always on your mind. Like someone's passion's always on their mind. And all you're thinking about is the fact that like everything you're doing is kind of taking away from it. So it's like yeah. having a passion kind of means that like everything else feels a bit joyless in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and that's how it like in a weird like that quote kind of single-handedly made me like grateful to yeah. not passion because that means that like we're able to just enjoy things in the world and even though yeah. like difficult it's like a sense of freedom kind of yeah it can be hard for decision making but it's nice to just admire the beauty of things yeah I think like it also I I'm sure there are people who would like feel like that is super counterintuitive going given that you're going into medicine. But um I like am not interested in like work living to work. Like I don't think I could care about my career in the same way that some people do. Um and that I guess that sense of freedom that the quote is getting across it's kind of it's like reassuring because it's like there's so many things that you can do in your life even outside of this like just on the side you have like the freedom to explore that and like try random things and yeah that was actually something that I was like really trying to do during my gap year was like I wanted to build hobbies kind of um and the only one that kind of stuck was crocheting. Um, I've been crocheting like a couple sweat. I did a, a sweater and then a vest. I just finished another sweater. You and have to like show these on Instagram or something because I have not seen any of this. I'll send you some pictures. Okay. I would. So I had an. I made like a like a. It's like a, it has zero posts, zero followers, zero everything right now because I never ended up posting a single thing but my idea was to post all the things that I was trying on there just as like a record for myself just to because I thought it would be cool to be like these are things that I liked and these are things that I didn't like like a journal I guess yeah um maybe I'll still do it maybe I'll still just like, you post on my track and then put it on your story so that I know yes <laughs> so you can see it I'll yeah if I do that I'll send you the account but I'll send you the pictures anyway okay um yeah, I don't know. I didn't end up trying that many new things, but I, I was mo- more just like recipes and then like crocheting. I got back into reading a little bit. Um, yeah, so it wasn't like as exciting as I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that I might not be as exciting as I like once hoped. And that's okay. Like maybe I just like kind of, boring or like slower paced things I think that's okay yeah I know I agree very wholeheartedly and like my literally other than like sleeping the most consistent thing that I spend most of my time doing is walking Mm -hmm. like I I literally just walk as many hours in the day as I'm able 
like that's my favorite hobby is going for <laughs> very long walks <laughs> it's so I'm like I'm having the time of my life and yeah. everyone else is like oh she's she's walking somewhere <laughs> I'm like this is this is great <laughs> yeah I've so, been waiting for the weather to, I mean the weather just kind of started getting nicer here in Chicago mm-hmm. and I'm very excited last summer I used to take walks with like well sometimes I took them alone but most of the time I go with like either my sister or like us now because yeah. I'm from high school um um or like anybody who was like in the area and wanted to go for a walk and that's just, I feel like walking is like, it's just very, it's always a lot more therapeutic than you think it will be. Like it just, you come back and you feel good. And if you're going with someone, I feel like I've had a lot of like fun conversations that about like unexpected topics just to yeah. just like, I think it just makes you think like you're just thinking about random things because there's really nothing going on and your brain is just like, active because there's something around I think for me like what we're talking about how after you're given like certain tools in therapy Mm -hmm. then you kind of like automatically do them I think for me walking is kind of like automatic analysis time if that Mm -hmm. makes sense and so if I'm on a walk with somebody that's our that's our shared analysis time we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go through it together whatever that may be yeah um, even if it's like happy emotions we're we're discussing yeah and like in a way that I feel like just getting dinner is a lot more just like just different activities allow for different kinds of conversations and yeah. I think that like maybe both of us being drawn to slower things is maybe just for like the sake of I feel like I don't crochet so correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like that's to me it sounds like you just have a lot of time to like think or space out or something yeah wow I feel like you're really analyzing me and I like it <laughs> I have to say I analyze I feel everybody like I'm like it's okay analyzing things about myself yeah that's true I yeah. also like I thought I would like I did a lot when I was younger and I thought I would kind of grow out of it I'm not growing out of it but like I daydream a lot but not like about like I don't know. I feel like when you say I daydream a lot, it like sounds like lofty and like fun and cute. I guess it's just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have these like things in my head sometimes. (laughs) Thoughts actually. (laughs) Oh, I have something to say. Oh, I wanted to foster a cat during my semester off, but... Do it now. I should. Maybe, maybe for, like, I'm, I'm, um, my last day, my last, like, regular day at work is going to be June 5th. Yeah. So maybe after that. What are you going to do over the summer? I have no idea. My pre-matriculation stuff starts in June, like, orientation, or, sorry, July, Mm-hmm. um so I have like that month kind of <laughs> and I know there's like a couple family things like weddings and stuff yeah um but I I don't know do you have any ideas on how to make the most of my visit month? me in New York 
You know what? Actually, I might be going somewhere in that vicinity for one of the weddings. Okay. But if I am, I'll let you. I will be there all summer, so you're good. Okay. Um, What are you doing there over the summer? I'm starting my master's. You're Um, starting your master's? Yeah. So it's in New York. It's like at Stern over the summer. And then Mm -hmm. at the end of August, I'm doing a road trip with my mom through England and Wales. And then September 1st, for nine months to finish my master's. Wow. That is so fun. But I want to see your pictures from England and Wales when you go. I will. I'm really, I haven't been to Wales before. Um, I've been all over England, but I just never got um, to the Welsh countryside um, Mm. because they're going to go to the countryside. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, how do you feel? Like not many of some of my friends have, I've friends in different stages of life, but for like people our age, like how do you feel going into like a grad program because I know like Delphine she's been on the podcast so I can oh I don't know if I preface this I don't like to use names for the most part like you can well you can say whatever you did say that and I forgot it okay I don't like to say them unless they've been on but Del has been on um like she's gonna start working after college like she has her job lined up and everything Mm -hmm. so and I know some people are like gonna go Um, But I don't know many people that are going like right into grad kind of like we are. Um, So I guess kind of like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you're in a, and I think especially with med school where it's like even longer than like my year program Mm -hmm. is like, how do you, does it make you feel at all like you're in a different stage of life almost as someone else? Or does it like just kind of what's your mentality with that? Yes, I feel almost I guess maybe just because I associate that like routine of like studying and then like having this break and then going back and taking a test and like that to me feels it just like feels like not um not as serious as a job Mm. like I feel like people who are moving on to jobs in my head are like the most adult. I'm kind of like in this in between where like I am an adult and I'm, you know, doing these adult things, but I'm also just like, I'm still a student. Like I'm in, I'm like, I'm getting my test graded tonight. Like, yeah, I guess in that way, but I don't think it, I don't feel like behind. I just feel like different, less adult. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And also, there's a book that my mom gave me. I was 19. It was like the the Christmas right before I turned 20, so December 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called The Defining Decade. There's I have a lot of qualms with some things in the book, but I do think it does like a pretty good job about just talking about how like natural it is for everyone to be in different places in their 20s but that doesn't like and it's okay to like accept that but you should also like just be aware of like different areas of life and I think it has some like good structural points to Mm -hmm. it what is it called again it's called the defining decade I think it's by Mm -hmm. Meg J I feel like is her name 
um, Dr. Meg J, I think. Um, Cause I distinctly remember it saying like PhD. On the <laughs> I was like, she wants us to know. And fair yeah. enough. She worked, she grinded for that. So, um, but yeah, I feel like it did a pretty good job about, and I'm glad that I read it, especially when I did like mm-hmm. going right before turning 20 early on. Yeah. So yes, that was my question. Yeah, it does kind of make me a little nervous. Like, I guess there are relationships that I want to hold on to. And I'm nervous in some of those cases that, like, us being in such different places will make that hard. I think, weirdly, like, I definitely have that fear, but it's not super visceral because a lot of my friendships, like, because I've like pretty quickly lived in a lot of different places. A lot of my friendships, like I have a lot of friends in New York, but I'm not in New York right now. Yeah. And even when I'm in New York, I have a lot of friends in London. I have friends in Boston and Chicago. So it's like worldwide. (laughs) um, But what I mean is like the long distance nature of the friendship to me feel I I feel like it has more of an effect than like the different stages of life Mm -hmm. because in some ways like honestly after graduating like high school I feel like you're kind of never in the same place as like like the core group of people you had in high school I mean you could you'll probably like you might stay friends with them Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying like you will never so consistently have everyone be in like the same place as you I guess is what I'm trying to say that's true Um, so it just kind of to me, literal place like distance becomes mm-hmm. the what what changes the most to me so far. But I'm only twenty two. What do I know? No, oh, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> yeah, I. You're right that like it's already kind of been like that. Where, not maybe not to this extent as I feel yeah. like after college, but everyone's been kind of doing their own thing. I think that was one of the hard, hardest things for me to get used to in the past couple of years. It was just yeah, no like, <laughs> nobody around me is like trying to do the same thing. I mean, okay. This was when I was having my medical school versus computer science struggle. I'm aware that there are many people trying to do medical school. You're good. I, I get it. <laughs> but um, I remember being like, there's nobody that's trying to do what I'm trying to do or like having the same like discussion in their heads as me. And that was difficult because I felt like I was like explaining it to people, but like they don't have input in a way that like it really matters to them because it's yeah. their life too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was like the first time that I was like, okay, this is like, I have to decide this and I have to live with the consequences and that's like a hard choice. It was a hard thing to get used to. I I think that's a good way of putting it. It's just like you have to take ownership. I mean, at some point in life, you have to take ownership of of your life. Yeah. And that can be, like you said, with even like admitting, like about the therapy thing where it's like sometimes just like admitting a, a way you feel about something, simply taking ownership, simply as being like, oh, like I, I can control things. Mm-hmm. Where I can like or more than control things, I can do this much. It's yeah. like a big step in and of itself. So that makes sense. I respect that. And also, 
side note do you i have one little thing that i've just been wanting like a reason to talk about um but before i say this thing um do you have any more you mentioned like the points that you had at the beginning like a few things that were just on your mind are there any more on your mind i i don't think so not that i can remember right now (laughs) (laughs) that is fair i feel like i really talked about we talked about so many different things i love that personally (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay but the thing that came to mind is um so the other day so I've been working like while well, I'm in North Carolina because I've been here for a few months I've been mm-hmm. working at a little Vietnamese restaurant just because why not make money <laughs> um and one of my coworkers said to my boss he was like you need a hobby all you do is like work and she's like mm-hmm. I shop too he's like you <laughs> get into watching sports um and I honestly I don't remember like how the rest of the conversation went like who exactly said what but he I I don't remember if my boss said it or if I did but I think she did she's like it's just a distraction mm-hmm. and he's like everything's a distraction and I was like from what and he said from life and I was like that is such a sad thought yeah um, but to me I like on the one hand that just sounds like someone who's just like gone through a lot if it's like if everything is a distraction from your life that is so sad because then like what is life yeah um you know but I think in a it was just something I had never like pondered before and it seemed pretty like ingrained in his mindset of like everything is a distraction Mm. and in some ways I guess I don't I don't think I disagree. Um, I think it can be like, and especially just like what reminded me was kind of you talking about like hobbies and like having the only one that stuck be like crocheting. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think that that's like, like just in general, I think that's totally fine. But rather than be like, I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that before I say anything more? I I think it, like, it must come down to what you see as, like, the purpose of your life. Mm -hmm. Because I think for, I think it's very common to not, to not really, like, know or feel like you have, like, a defined purpose. And if you don't then life is just about like getting through life right (laughs) yeah well I think it's kind of funky because uh, oh my gosh there's already only 10 minutes left um I do that like I think that this kind of allegory is just the case with a lot of conversations that people kind of have about like quote-unquote meaning of life and like at face value they're like there simply is not one like we more than like but to me that's also kind of the wrong question it's just like we are simply here what are we going to do with that yeah and so that's because that's my perspective that's why I think distraction is interesting because in a weird way I don't think it's possible 
to have distractions. Um, I do think like escapism is a thing, but I don't. And Mm. so I think to me, what I kind of more took from distraction is like using everything as escapism. And he's like, and in his eye, like he's slightly younger. He's like two, three years younger than us, I think. Um, But to him, that just means like he sees her life as like work and nothing else. So to him, her life is just life. And he's like, don't you want to escape from life? And to me, that's kind of sad, you know? Wait, hold on. I need a second to process what you just said. (laughs) I don't know if it made sense. So the idea that like distraction is not possible is really interesting and I and I kind of I mean like I think it makes a lot of sense but it's like very that's so interesting I feel like that like adds it's like kind of reassuring it's like kind of comforting to think that yeah because I I think it almost like reminds me of the sentiment of just like you are where you are and like you're like what like wherever you are you like that's it like that's your life I that that should be like there's there are ways to make that joyful for you or like fulfilling for you yeah and there's also like there's a cage the elephant lyric I think I I might misquote the lyric but I think it's time well spent is time well wasted. And it's mm-hmm. it's just like the same thing. And there's something that a certain art teacher at our high school told everyone. But she was like, um, if anyone ever said they were bored, she'd be like, that's her kind of thing was like, that's not real. You're just a boring person, essentially. And I was like, you're right. I'm never <laughs> bored again. And I like, I kind of took it to an extreme of like, if you're bored, you're avoiding something. And I don't know how, but the bored thing and the distraction thing, they very much relate. There's something in there that they are connected in my brain for some reason. I don't remember that quote from the art teacher, but I really like it. I think actually, I think it's kind of, there's like two sides to it. And I think on one hand, that is like, encompasses some of the like years that I had going into my gap semester of like maybe this is like a mistake to not be having like a super regular at least when I started my gap semester I wasn't I wasn't working yet um until like a month in and I was really like anxious to start working because I was like I need that routine because once I, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to just sit around all day? Um, And I think like that is kind of one of the things I, that made me want to like focus on trying to get hobbies and stuff was because I was like, if I can't keep myself entertained now, then it's like confirmation that I'm a boring person. (laughs) but I think think a lot of it just has to do with like your it's almost like your 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 attitude towards 
yeah yeah it's it's just like your attitude towards things like it's not so much that you're a boring person it's just that you are a you're not but you're not engaging yeah yeah if you're not engaging then of course like then it's like you said with like if a drama is too fluffy almost then like there's no stakes there's nothing for you there's nothing of substance in some way so of course you're not gonna like take interest but similarly kind of opposite when I came to North Carolina like I I don't my mom happens to live here now I don't like know anybody so my Mm -hmm. whole thing is like I'm not gonna do anything Mm -hmm. Um, and to the point of like it was almost like detrimental to go with that mindset because like life happened like I made friends with coworkers. I made like have a routine I have yeah places I like to walk here and like regardless of if you are going straight into your routine or avoiding it life kind of happens and with the show summer strike the thing that I did initially like about it the premise is like the main character goes on strike from life she's like I'm gonna go to a town like me where I know nobody and do nothing all day kind of thing and then she makes friends she has like abundant community and I really like that idea and also something that's like genuinely a very simple idea that helped from the show she was saying that like while on strike from the life the way she decided what she wanted to do she was like if I was alone on a deserted island would I want to do this thing and I was like that's kind of a fair point that's kind of a good assessment of things for me personally you know Mm -hmm. like would I want to in her case, she was like, would I want to go jogging in the morning if I was on the mountain? She was like, yeah, I would. And so I'm going to do that here, too. I was like, fair. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. And that that is like an example of. I think it just is like so, so much of a mindset switch to just be like, I think it's it's almost. I think I I wanted a routine going into my gas semester, but I'm realizing that like I don't like labeling life as like yeah. this is my routine because then it starts to feel like trapped almost. Yeah. And even if I'm doing the same things every week, I like being able to say that I chose to do that thing this week again. Yeah. That's Instead something. of being like, I just am doing it because I always do it. The idea of like habit and identifying with things. And that's something that I harp mm-hmm. on a lot is like, they say that the, like the way you quit smoking is to say, I'm not a smoker. And it just like, if you tell yourself that your routine is what you do, then just like statistically, that is all you will do. You know, mm-hmm. so I get that. Like the wanting of, to feel a choice is sometimes it's easier to let things go to more to chance to have less control yeah <laughs> for the podcast i stuck out my tongue <laughs> it's <laughs> they will not see anything um can i help you grace drive also oh, do you not post the video no i don't because it all oh, she just screamed i'm not even for the podcast again i don't touch she's just circling around me screaming <laughs> If I pet her, she screams. If I don't pet her, she screams. She's just a noisy little Gemini cat. And I love her. Um, 
But no, I do not post the video. I just the uh, audio on um, Spotify, but for calls, it's just easier to record. Oh, no. oh okay. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap up just because evening is getting late on the East Coast. But do you have oh, any yes. concluding thoughts? Oh, that kind of went on a long time. Um, I had fun. I, I feel like this was you were an idea. I know because also I wanted to mention this. We've always talked about doing a podcast, so that's why I know when you talk when you reach out to us, like <laughs> she's doing that. I was like so proud of you, first of all. And I was also like, this is so exciting because I feel yeah. like that is like the ideal podcast. I know there's lots of them right now. Okay, I'm gonna talk fast. It's like the ideal mm-hmm. podcast to just talk about anything because it's yeah. like you get them. I think you get to the most fun parts or the most interesting parts. Okay. And I end every episode by saying love beams. So you can say it. And even though they can't see it, go like this. <laughs> love beams. Beams. <laughs> like beam. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, who is that? Okay. <laughs>